Follow the recap. Part of Pastoring Out Loud, where we recap the previous week's sermon. Last week, we were in Genesis 35. I, I don't have an acronym this time. Uh, just going to skip right over it. Uh, Genesis 35. <laughs> Not even try. The introduction of... Well, just what's Genesis 35 about? Dave. Yes. Genesis 35. Well, what is it about? What happens? Yep, it's... Two com- sentences. Coming out... Oh, two sentences. Yeah. Three. I'll give you three. God calls <coughs> Jacob to finish his journey to Bethel. Comma. No, that's fine. Period. Jacob purifies his people and makes the journey all the way home where they worship. Yeah. There you go. Good, good, great. What's the main point for us? Yeah, I think the main point for us is that God, uh, despite our massive failures and setbacks and just the, the sin and suffering that's all around is always working uh, to keep his promises to us. And in the, in the seasons like Genesis 34 of life where he seems far off or distant or his presence doesn't seem like it's there. It's, it's not because he's not there. It's because we've uh, walked away from him and he's the encouraging thing in 35 is he comes and initiates again with Jacob uh, to, to remind him of his promise, to call him to keep going as he walks towards it and to, and then he protects him. He protects him along the way to, to preserve his promise. So um, that's, in, that's encouraging, right? <laughs> yeah. It's encouraging my life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. You know, he left Bethel. Um, you know, surely God is in this place back in chapter 28. Yeah, 28 or 20, yeah. Um, you know, and now on the cusp of returning there, you know, get away of your, you know, get rid of your idols, get rid of everything else. Here's the place of God's presence. Mm-hmm. Let's not enter into his presence cavalierly. Yep. Um, it's just interesting to remember all that geography again. Yep. Any reflections or thoughts on the sermon or the text, Nick, Stacy? Um, <clears throat> I just had a question on something that you said. Um, so you, you just hearken back to when Jacob wrestled with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said, you know, that he wrestled with God and he lost, mm-hmm. um, which I totally, I understand exactly what you were saying and what you meant. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wondering how that reconciled also with Genesis 32, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, God first changes his name from Jacob to Israel. And he says, because you have striven with God and men and have prevailed. Yeah. So just how those two reconcile mm-hmm. together. You get good accountability when you have your other pastors preach passages that are in their minds, then it's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think I expanded after I said that he lost, but I said God won him. Um, God won his dependence. God won his trust. God won his allegiance. Um, yeah, so I think when it says that he prevailed, and I think you said this in your sermon too, mm-hmm. the way he prevailed was by becoming dependent on God's blessing in right. his life. Yep. Uh, forsaking his own sense of uh, independence or autonomy or doing things his own way and saying, I'm, I'm completely relying on you uh, for, for my good, for my protection, for my preservation, for all your promises to come true. And so uh, I, think that's, I think his prevailing was a losing himself. Yeah. It, yeah, which is what Jesus says later, right? Right. Uh, uh, yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I think, I, yeah, that's a good, it's a good question though. Yeah. I mean, in yeah. one sense he prevails because he endures all the way to the break of day. Uh-huh. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. stop. Right. He, I will right. not let you go until you bless right. me. Right. And in another sense, you see two people enter into a wrestling ring and one of them ends up with a dislocated hip. Yep. Right. Like who's the winner? Exactly. <laughs> like, yep. There's a, there's yep. a, a clear winner. So in yep. one sense, you know, the prevailing is not in the wrestling match as per se. It's in right. the persistence. I won't be, I won't let yep. go till I receive a blessing. Yep. That's right. Divine. Yeah. So, it's good. Stacy, anything you'd add? I think, I mean, as we've been seeing throughout Genesis, especially as you referenced the chapter before this, I mean, what a mess this family is. But then your reminder of God being faithful and keeping his promises and repeating his promise to Jacob, um, it's just so encouraging that it's Mm -hmm. dependent on God Mm -hmm. and not us to be faithful or to do things perfectly. And he is still working. I think it was just like another reminder of that through this sermon. Yeah, this entire thing is shot through, like the entire story, but this chapter two, like the place that all the patriarchs and their families are like, go, like even to have all these options ahead of them, like what am I going to do? What am I going to do about Esau? What am I going to do about the land? What am I going to do about purifying this? What am I going to do about finding a wife? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's because God has graciously brought them to the place that they're at. Right. And is graciously continuing to provide for them in a pathway forward um, all the way through. Yep. What else would you add about this or anything about this in the light of... I just had one more question. Um, And this might be a critique on my sermon, uh, so we'll see what you think. But at the end of 33, I just kind of made a big deal that he made it to Canaan. And that's, you know, kind of showing God's people in God's place, enjoying his presence. And then you just made made a big deal this week about him actually getting to Bethel within Mm -hmm. Canaan, who has the place of worship. Um, Do you think I made too big of a deal of him getting home in Canaan when I, in my sermon? <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know if I'd say he made too big of a deal of it. He did get back to Canaan. He did wrestle with God. There I mean, was, it's fine if I did. Yeah. There, there was a change. <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think that he did. I, I think he did what he always does. Two steps forward, one step back, one step yeah. back or one step forward, two steps back. And that I don't think he went all the way in Canaan where he was supposed to go mm-hmm. quite yet. Well, it's Shechem yeah. that he arrives to, right? Right. Which is notorious in then chapter 34. Right. He crosses the border of yep. Canaan. Yep. He dwells in a tent there, at least temporarily. Yep. Uh, chapter 34 dodges, I mean, through really horrible means, the, um, you know, essentially the, the takeover, planned takeover of Israel by the inhabitants of Shechem. Mm-hmm. So I think both are true. Like he has in his mind, Bethel is the place where I was first like spoken to mm-hmm. and the place where I first built a pillar, not an altar. Right. Mm-hmm. Then he crosses the border of Canaan, makes an altar. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yep. But he's not quite there yet. Like mm-hmm. when I, um, you know, after 2020, when I was in Europe flying around and the pandemic was starting, and then I came to, and then came home for a little bit, but then went to Washington, D.C., right? It was a big deal when, like, I was in Washington, D.C. for a week and everything shut down. Mm-hmm. Everything. Like, we weren't sure if we were going to get out. When I landed in Minnesota, like, it was like, oh, I'm home. But when I walked in my front door, mm-hmm. then I was home, too. Yeah. There was a yep. deeper sense of it, not just 
Um, like I'm in my home state, but I'm in my my uh, home home. So I think that may be an yeah. analogy that works for. Oh, that's great. Happening. Yeah, and I think I think that uh, we see a complacency in him to not make it quite all the way. Um, I mean, and even even stuff like he was supposed to return to Isaac. You know, if you read back, Isaac says, "Go and find a wife, and re- you know, come back to me." Um, and I think you know we see just a complacency in that he didn't just dwell on a tent there. He made a deal. He made a deal with them to be able to stay there. So we get we get the idea that were it not for God. Uh, through his this wickedness, you know, kind of moving him on, that he probably would have just been very happy to just be comfortable and and stay, you know, right a a, a, a near but a partial obedience. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And that place yeah. in she- doesn't that place in Shechem become like the burial grounds for like ancestors to yep. come? Yep. Yep. Well, Dave, thanks for preaching. Looking forward to the next couple chapters and uh, continuing through Genesis. Yeah. Thanks, guys.